go. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Next in Time podcast. I'm your host, ST, and today our guest is Eric McHugh, who is the president of ShopX Labs, which, who, which is looking forward to advocating for the decentralization of power and control, promoting the dem- democratization of access and opportunity in the digital world. So, Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to being here. Uh, we had a uh, we had our we had our ups and downs, and I'm glad uh, we were able to find this time to chat and talk about Web three, especially with what's been going on with the uh, whole crypto space in the last like two years. Yeah, it's been it's been a bit of a roller coaster to say the least. Yeah, because you know, in 2021, if I recall, that when when you had the bull market run for Ethereum and Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, including those uh, fake ones like Dogecoin and Shiba, you know, yeah. When they when they went up, it's like okay, that, that they people thought that will be the new world of decentralized currency. We can finally get rid of government intervention, and then nowadays it's like we're back to being trade back to being traders. Yeah, I mean to be honest, it's just falling in uh, the whole Bitcoin born of twenty twenty one. It's just falling the standard having cycle, which is based around every four years when the Bitcoin supply experiences a supply shock in the form of having. Where in terms of the mining reward for uh, miners, like if you're a miner, you mine a block of Bitcoin, you get a certain amount of Bitcoin, that amount is set. Every four years, that gets reduced in half. So generally, but who knows what happens in the future, the bull markets are timed around that. Yeah, and it's still, I just need to know, because Web3 is still at, it's still in its, what do you call it, its growth phase or in like trying to rise up from its infancy phase. I would honestly, I would say it's not even like quite an infinite. I would say it's pre-infant, pre-infancy phase, maybe just just entering it, but it has a long way to go. Yeah, I thought you know, I thought like this. People always presumed uh, Web three would define the twenty twenties, like just how they web, just like how Web one defined the nineteen nineties and Web two defined two thousands and twenty tens. Yeah, people. Um, more often than not, people underestimate the time for innovation to take hold, but they underestimate the effect. Meaning, people think it's going to come a lot faster than it will, but I think the effect would be greater than people think. And just wondering what, just just out of curiosity, why is Web three point important? Yeah, sure. So we can go back to the differences between the web, and then that'll quickly answer why Web three is important. And Web three, it's important to note, it's just, it's just a naming. It's just a naming connotation that just sounds logical after Web two. So I think that's why it took off. But when you think of Web one, I want you to think of Web of read only. Meaning, if we're on Web one, either of us could just read content on the internet. Web two, think of social media. Think of Instagram. Think of YouTube. Think of Facebook. Think of TikTok. That's read and write. So as a user of Web two, I can read content. So I can listen to this podcast. I can see someone else's Instagram post. I can also write my own contest content. So if I wanted to create a podcast, create an Instagram post, create a LinkedIn post, I could totally do so. The only issue with, or the biggest issue with Web2 is we don't own the content, meaning Facebook's the one making the money off of us. Instagram can cancel us at any point in time. So they own the content. So they're they're the real winners of Web2. In Web3, it's read, write, and own, meaning I can create content. I can read content, but I can also own content. So if I were to create an NFT collection, which I, I view as the core of Web3, then no one can really cancel it. It's just the connection between me and whoever owns that NFT. So if you as a podcast creator, 
you create an NFT collection for your listeners. Those listeners buy your NFT. No one can cancel that NFT for you. And you can create value for that NFT holder in the form of like token gated content, merch, really, it's up to you. Right. And what is your overall vision of adopt of uh, of web three in general what's your what do, you, what do you see this going yeah so my personal overall goal is to live a nice peaceful life i can't do that if the money system's corrupt and i viewed cryptocurrency as the answer so that's how i originally got into web3 and bitcoin and i view shopx as a way to leverage that to mass onboard people into web3 so hypothetically if shopx were to onboard a major brand let's say like a nike or a fox studios who who, who we're working with they use ShopX products and services to launch NFT collection, interact with Web3, and offer their customers incentive to enter the space. That's a zero to one moment for a lot of people at scale. I mean, my overall vision for Web3 is I think a lot of people are in agreement. For Web3 to be successful, it has to be working completely in the background, meaning my mom has to be able to interact with Web3 without even knowing she's using a Web3 service. So it has to be tap, tap, tap. Like I take out my phone, I pay for Web3, I scan my NFT pass to gain access. It's all, it has to be as simple as possible, which it uh, is far from right now. Yeah. When, yeah. One thing about Web3 is like you, it's supposed to be decentralized, owned by, owned by a various net, owned by us instead of a higher entity. What, so how does that, like, how are we going to be owning that? Yeah. So, Right now, so Web3, I think of the internet, is, I think of it as a crypto-based internet. So in the sense that you actually own your Bitcoin because no one can take it from you. You have the private keys, which is essentially just access to that specific Bitcoin on the blockchain. You own that Bitcoin. And Web3 is if that ethos is based into the internet. So if I were to own an NFT or whatever Web3 product, I'm the only one who has access to that NFT. No one can come and take it from me. No, yeah, it's it's mine. If I choose to sell it, that's completely within my right. All right. So before we go into your uh, venture, ShopX Labs, let's get to know more about you, Eric. Like who you are, what made you really go into the entrepreneurial space? Cool. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, my name is Eric. I'm 30 years old. I'm blessed to be living in beautiful Southern California. My main hobbies are chess, Muay Thai, reading, anything under the sun, and meditation. Just got back from a 10-day noble silence retreat in a uh, 10-day noble silence been possible meditation retreat in Joshua Tree. If that sparks intellectual curiosity about yourself, that was a beautiful transformative experience. I highly where's recommend that, everyone. Where's that at where's that place at? Uh Joshua Tree is a desert near California. But the thing with Vimpasa meditation retreats, there's um centers all over the world. And it's it's free for students as well. So if you have no money, the board is taken care of, the food's taken care of, all you have to do is show up. Right. And so you it's, yeah. I believe you have you're a pretty staunch individualist. And you always had you ha I mean it, it says here that you have an IQ over 140, and you and uh, you mentioned you love playing chess and eating fine cuisine. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, I do love food. Food is one of my one of my guilty pleasures. I, I think I could use a stupid number. Um, and in terms of individualist, um, I think everyone should be authentic. And the reason everyone should be authentic is everyone's been put in this universe for a purpose. And authenticity is really what echoes of that purpose. So me as Eric McHugh, I'm number one at being myself. You, you're number one at being you. Whoever, whatever listeners are listening, they're number one at being themselves. So why would you not do what you're number one in the world at? And if you're if you're 
if you're authentic, you'll gravitate to what generally spikes your intellectual curiosity. For me, it happens to be Web3 and AI. So that's partly why it's going so well. But everyone has their own individual talents. I think they kind of owe it to the rest of the world to capitalize on their own individual talents because I view individual talents as a gift from above or below or whatever the source, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Aren't we all individual? Aren't we all talented in something? It's just we never have the opportunity to really yeah. harness it. And that's, uh, I think that's, I think that's by design by a specific system, but that's a whole thing. Well, we can talk about it. I mean, to, in another time, but usually it's just, it's just the, as you mentioned, as you mentioned about web three and web two, like web two is owned by a higher entity and, and you're just dealing with the higher entity because if they shut, let's just say the higher entity shuts down your access to the internet or other sites or anything like that, then you don't have the ability to really tr showcase your talents right correct yeah and i think that's becoming more and more prevalent now and an issue with that that's happening in the future is with the internet we all have a digital footprint like this podcast is creating a digital footprint someone arbitrarily in like 50 years from now could go back and say okay him having black hair that's a no-go cancel him and then from there repost that the cancel ball can come get you and then you get canceled for something that's okay now but not okay in the future so i think the ownership aspect is going to be more and more important as we go forward yeah everyone's gonna evolve to the point where just talking about life is a bit too <laughs> it's too <Yeah>. sensitive <laughs> yeah jesus christ I know, I know hopefully not i i personally believe that i think the world is getting better and better so but i think we're also on the precipice of we have to kind of make a there's no more time for Bessie around the sense we either it's going to be really good or really bad. I think it's going to be really good. Right. And so as an entrepreneur, you've always valued the importance of simplicity, adaptability, and a clear mind. Yes. Um, yeah. So those are three very important traits. To quote the great Michael Scott, keep it simple, stupid. For technology to be adapted, it has to be as simple as possible especially in the Web3 SaaS crypto space. For example, with ShopX, we are trying to make it as simple as possible. Our goal is to make it so, because our business isn't B2B, it's B2B to C, meaning we could sign every single business in the world, but if it's not working for their customers, the project is going to be dead on arrival. So, And for a customer to want to enter Web3, the space, um, user interface is one of the roadblocks for crypto as a whole. So our goal is to make it as simple as possible, which is why we've integrated like Crossman. So they can pay a credit card. We're trying to reduce it to click the checkout times or the checkout clicks as little as possible. Adaptability is also super important. And I would say the better word for it is that anti-fragile because as an entrepreneur, you're going to try a bunch of stuff like nine out of 10 things may not work, but then that one thing does work. So you may want to double that down on that. And if that one thing is working, some factor in the back that can change to make that not work anymore. So if you're going to keep going straight forward as an entrepreneur and there's no point in running your head into a brick wall over and over again, just find a different way around that. I would compare it to like Muay Thai and Muay Thai. We had the clinch meaning like it's uh, where you grab each other's head and you kind of bring each other down to each other. There's always a path around the, there's always a way in to get optimal positioning. And what was the last thing you said? And also oh, clear. the clear mind. Yeah. Oh yeah, the, the meditation factor is a huge thing for that. It's hard to make because as an entrepreneur, you're adaptable, you're simple, you're simple. You have to make good decisions, or you don't have to. But the best way to make decisions is with a clear mind. 
if you're thinking angry, your decisions will be colored with the, by the color of anger. If you're sad, it's going to be colored by the color of uh, sadness. So clear mind is just, you have to think about it calmly, rationally, and from a, an observer's perspective rather than someone steering the ship. Right. And now going forward to your adventure, ShopX Labs, what was the idea behind it? Yeah, so the initial goal, I want to, I want to shout out Cyrus. He's the CEO. Um, think of the Matrix, uh, the scene in the Matrix where Neo summoned yeah. all the all the guns. So long-term, ShopX started his idea of attaching an ENFT to each individual product SKU. Yeah. And this can do plenty of things. So like, for example, if Nike were to attach an ENFT to each individual product SKU, they can track that product throughout its whole lifecycle history and program in royalties and do a bunch of other stuff. Like, for example, you can see product A, sold at this time for this much at this time for this much and again at this time for the at, at this time for this much and on each transaction they since it's a smart contract they can get royalties from the consumer side you can track that product all the way up to nike so to ensure it's authenticity and if the metaverse were to become a thing that's the perfect transition from physical to digital meaning if i purchase a nike hat in real life i get the hat in real life my cryptocurrency wallet holds that nft and since that wallet is linked to my metaverse avatar, in the metaverse, I actually have access to the hat and vice versa. So if I purchase something in the metaverse, my avatar has that, then I have the NFT, which could unlock the token gated product in real life. So that's how the vision started. And of course, we're an adaptable, we're a simple company. The market has taken us to Reserve X because that's what they want now. So if you're trying to revamp the whole supply chain for a major company, that takes years to implement it. It's not that easy of a task. Where Reserve X is our product live and now, and that's a NFT powered loyalty program. So if you're a brand, you're on Shopify, you're on WooCommerce, you can download our ShopX app. And then within five minutes, you can launch a NFT collection. We've created a no-code solution. So you just fill out a couple forms, launch your connection, add e-commerce benefits to that NFT collection. Your customer then purchases the NFT, they claim the benefits, and everyone's happy. Right. And for what you're trying to build is that you've uh... You're building this tool called ReserveX, right? It's basically the most powerful, like, most powerful customer retention tool. Yes, and, and the logic behind that again goes back to our um our conversation conversation about ownership. So if I think of it like a timeshare, so if a if I have a timeshare or um, if I own a house, no, I think we know this before, and you're going to lie, I'm going to suggest you say my my house, my hotel, because I own it, versus if I don't know anything. I'm just like, okay, stay wherever. So as a, as a brand, if you launch a NFT collection for your customer, they own that NFT. So therefore they feel like they have ownership in the company. So this does plenty of things, increases the customer lifetime value, meaning they're going to continuously, continuously purchase from your shop, as well as your conversion rate. The conversion rate cre increases the average e-commerce conversion rate is 2% with ShopX, we've seen 80%. The reason the conversion rate is so high is because your customers already purchased into your brand with that NFT pass. So they're going to buy the products that are linked to the pass. Or, yeah. And what what types of businesses do you are you planning on serving in terms of providing this no-code solution? So right now we're live on the Shopify app store. So if you're a Shopify brand, you can look at the ShopX app and download our app, get the appropriate amount of tokenized software licenses and get going. So we have a wide range of businesses from like enterprise brands like Fox to mid-sized brands to small brands. I would say the ideal client right now is if you're getting attacked by bots, uh, we have 100% guaranteed bot rate with 100% uptime. Or if you have an exclusive product or a very hardened fan base, the product works great for you. And, and we're also going live. 
we're going live on WooCommerce soon as well. So that's gonna happen. Right. So why would they have you as the person to, you know, because you mentioned this is a web 3.0 solution. I mean, you have access to all your data, your all of the and access to your data, your your access to the internet, everything put together. I Meaning, how are you using this customer? How let's say if I'm trying to buy like purchase your solution. And then if I put myself into this, use the solution to make sure that I have total ownership over my over my stuff in the internet. How does that work? So are you a customer or um, are you Shopify's as a, customer or brands? As a, a brand's customer. Let's say both ways. Like I'm like say I'm a customer and I'm also have a brand. Okay, cool. From the brand's perspective, let's say you are you are a Shopify brand using the Shopex products and services. What we've built into the Shopify app, so directly within the app to launch your NFT collection, it's technically a smart contract factory, meaning you as a brand, you're launching your own smart contract. So you own the contract. So you own the NFT collection. What this means for you is A, no one can take it away from you. And B, you can claim it on OpenSea and other um, secondary trading platform or secondary platforms to program in yourself royalties. Meaning if any of your customers or anyone who purchases your pass, they sell the pass in the future. You can program yourself a cut. So you own the collection. We just inter we interoperate with however the blockchain works in like just how we're just a bridge for them to enter the blockchain space. So once you shop X, you own the smart contract, however you want to use that, that's totally up to you. And likewise, from the customer journey, you're a brand's customer. You want to support the brand. You want the cool product that comes with NFT. You purchase that NFT after you purchase it from the brand. The NFT is completely yours. So whatever you want to do with it, you totally can. So if you're going to sell it, trade it, it's up to you. Hypothetically, if the brand launches an NFT collection, they do well and the brand value increase, the brand's value itself increases, then your NFT could increase as well. But again, the whole point is for you to get that e-commerce value out of the NFT. Okay. And so NFT, how would you define NFT? Non-fungible token is the, the direct definition i would consider it a digital scarcity on the internet or more plainly a a connection between a creator and a consumer in the shop x case the creator is the brand because i view brands as creators and the consumer as the customer so it's a bridge between two people that's how i like to look at it as so how do you onboard a brand into web3 so onboarding a brand into web3 is very simple as a brand to enter web3 all you have to do is be on shopify you download the ShopX app acquire some tokenized uh, ShopX software licenses. And then from there, you can just go within the app and launch a NFT collection with e-commerce benefits. However you want to launch it, it's totally up to you. So if you want to market it a specific way, you can. You as a brand should probably design the artwork. So again, that's in your court. But once the artwork is, once the artwork is, and the marketing plan are made, which again is in the brand court, you can onboard into Web3 within less than five minutes. Okay. And... Why does it that so? Why would people want you to be using your solution in general? So the people, the main reason is our solution is the simplest for the customer side. There are other platforms. I think ours is most comprehensive in the sense we work with brands pre-minted NFT collections. So if you're a brand, you already have an NFT collection, you can retroactively fit that with ShopX. But we also allow brands to launch their own NFT collections directly within the app. But to answer your question, our app is the simplest to use for the brand's customers. And, you know, one thing about Web3 is that there's like many different facets about it. Like you have the, uh, you have crypto, you have blockchain, you have NFTs, and now you got the metaverse. So you yeah. have, 
there's so many different facets of this place. You know, as you mentioned, once, well, because of Web3, like Facebook had to turn turn itself into Meta and then Mark yeah. Zuck and Zuckerberg had to invest in the Metaverse. So are, so how do you dif distinguish between these four different facets? So I would say, I would say Metaverse is actually closer to Web4 and I would say that's farther out. I'd say that's 10 years out down the line for mass adoption. I would link crypto, blockchain, and NFTs more closely because they're they're like three p or they're like a a nice trio of tech. Meaning the blockchain is a, one of the base technologies for most cryptocurrencies. The cryptocurrencies are built using the blockchain, and the NFTs are built using different blockchains. Like it could be Ethereum, it could be Polygon. So blockchain would be the base, crypto would be the secondary layer, and NFTs are an application of that. Metaverse is a whole another animal. I mean, that's a whole virtual virtual yeah. reality situation. Right. So, but they would all play well together. If you had to do, as you mentioned, you said blockchain is the base, crypto is the is a form is a medium of exchange, and the NFTs are the product itself, right? I, I wouldn't go that far just because not all cryptocurrencies are medium exchange, but I would say that most successful cryptocurrencies utilize the blockchain, and NFTs are an application for some of those cryptocurrencies. So cryptocurrency is a more the broadest, uh, broadest out of the three. Blockchain is more of like a base layer technology. So think of like uh, you're making a cake. Blockchain, blockchain would be, I guess, like the eggs or something. It's in most cakes, but it's not in all of them. Whereas the NFTs might be like the candles on top of the birthday cake. Why does, why does crypto? So why does crypto matter in general? In your mind. So in my mind, I want to live a nice, peaceful life. I can't do that if the money system is corrupt, and I view the money system as corrupt, meaning every second of every day, uh, governments and the Federal Reserve are taking money from you and me in the form of inflation, in the form of taxation, and then funneling it to their friends. So they can do that because they have complete control, complete and total control of the money supply, whereas in cryptocurrency, they don't. There's going to be a limited amount of Bitcoins. No one can change that. And so it's fixing the incentive layer at scale. So right now in society... If you want to be rich, um, a good way to do that is just to gain the system. So to extract wealth from the general populace, think think like how just think government. Whereas cryptocurrency is it disincentivized renting behavior, meaning the only way to get more Bitcoin is to produce enough value for someone to want to give you their Bitcoin. Right. That's good. So I think that's I think I would like to wrap up this conversation by saying thank you again, Eric, for coming on the Next in Time podcast and wishing the best of luck with ShopX Labs. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I hope everyone listening had a wonderful day.